Welcome to season two of the Let's Break Bread podcast. This is Eli. This is my new. And this season, we will be focusing on what it looks like and what it means to walk alongside each other as Christians today. We hope these conversations will challenge and inspire your faith. We hope they will also encourage your walk with the Lord and with each other. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Let's Break Bread Podcast. Friends, let's break bread together. Come invited and listen in on gospel-centered conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Break Bread podcast. Today, we'll be talking about how to walk alongside extroverted and introverted ministry leaders. So to start off, um, Eli, in what ways and places have you seen God work in your life? And we'll start with that before we jump into our topic today. You know, I just started this new job. It's been like about like a little bit a month and a half now. Just kidding. It's been a month and a half <laughs> uh, since I've been there. And I'm like super new. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's like a lot of imposter syndrome like every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it is just trusting in God to be like, hey, God has put me here in this position that feels really out of my general area of expertise and of experience, but I'm here and I'm already starting to see how my strengths are really helpful to our students, right? Um, So I've been seeing God work in the sense that he's been allowing me to just have the right words to speak over certain students when I've met with them in their in a particular area of life that's difficult uh, to be able to share words of encouragement, to point them towards the right pathways in order to reach their goals and to finish their programs, right? So that's something I've seen God work in me um, and also in my life. So that's been a really exciting time. It's a lot of trusting, a lot of like, is this is this where we're going? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's kind of where I've been. And so Manu, how about you? For me, um, in this season of my life, it's really about noticing where God is already working mm-hmm. and then asking how I can play a part in that. Because mm-hmm. I've kind of been in this place for a little while now. And so I think just for me, I've just been able to see the different ways that I can care about others, um, little things that I notice about other people that I can contribute in or play a part in. And so for me, it's really about starting to notice the little things in the everyday that I haven't before and how I can be a light in those places. So that's where I am. And that's super important. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that's that God places on us and that we don't always have or we don't always take the time to notice. Be like, God's already placed you somewhere. And that place is kind of ready for you uh, for how long are you here? So I think that's a, a really good place of encouragement. Uh, so Manu, what have you been doing for fun as of late? <laughs> uh, lately? Um, uh, I feel like on a day-to-day, I don't think I do anything particularly fun. Um, I have been finding a lot of joy and rest if that counts um I think just because I with work and then just like doing a lot of other things I enjoy my time of rest and I try to set time apart to rest and so I know that's not fun per se but it's been a very enjoyable part of my day so yeah yeah how about you um, I recently just subscribed to like an online book service. I'm not going to say the name because we're not sponsored, but I'll, yeah. I'll let you know later. Okay. And then, you know, uh, I have like a 20 minute commute each way to work, mm-hmm. you know? So 
I I just been listening to audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. now, I'm listening to a book called The Poppy War. Mm-hmm. I can't say the name because I do like the book. It's by like R.F. Kuang. It's like this mystical story. It's it's set in like a setting that's like China, like China, but like mm-hmm. way back when. Mm-hmm. So this orphan girl, she studies to go to this prestigious school where she's learning stuff. Uh, I'm trying not to get too much about it, but it's really exciting. I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. The balancing a slice of life element with historical fiction, with a lot of fantasy and all of these things. So that's me. If you want to check it out, check it out. If you don't, that's okay. Books aren't for everyone, but they're for me. I also just like audiobooks because then I can listen and imagine mm-hmm. um, versus having to like pick up a book. And, and I can't do that and drive. So, <laughs> you know, that's what I've been doing for fun. When I lived in Chicago, the Chicago area, and my commute was like 40 minutes to an hour. Oh my gosh. I- yeah, like audiobooks. I loved audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're so fun. Yeah. Especially like when you find a, a narrator who has a yeah. voice that just clicks with you. Yeah. And you're like, snap, like I need to listen to this more, this off this narrator a little bit more yeah. or find voices like theirs. So yeah. That's been a fun time <laughs> for me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we will jump into our topic today. And like Eli mentioned, we are talking about how to walk alongside extroverted and introverted ministry leaders. And just a disclaimer out there, these are just our experiences and our personal opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, We hope that you will still be encouraged and inspired by them. We do not claim to know it all. We are just sharing what we know and what we've experienced. So to start off, introvert and extrovert, what are these and which one do you align with? Right. So in my understanding of limits, I feel like the terms extrovert and introvert have like so many different definitions of who you ask. But the one that I've settled with the most is really just seeing like where you get your energy from. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, they're more energized by having to recluse. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that means spending time themselves, an afternoon, taking it out recharging on their own right and other people get a lot of their energy from being around people doing things with other people so these are people who like they might really like large social gatherings uh, people who are like the life of the party stereotypically so there's a lot of stereotypes that surround them people like the introvert is like this introspective and wise person and the extrovert is like the life of the party and that's not necessarily true because i think it can be but overarchingly they're not always connected because it's where your energy comes from so for me every test i've ever taken I've taken a lot has mm-hmm. has told me I'm extrovert. Okay, I have a very close with my introversion and my extroversion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, I I feel like I've always felt like I'm more introverted, but I've been conditioned to believe I'm an extrovert and behave as one. Mm-hmm. You know, and so mm-hmm. like as I get older, I'm starting to realize like oh. Maybe I do need to spend time by myself <laughs> a little bit more, <laughs> or I do need to go find people. So that's that's for me. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you that that's how I ident- I identify introvert, introvert, extrovert too. How you recharge, and for me, I really think that's kind of a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not every introvert is the same. Not every extrovert is the same. And I think everybody kind of falls somewhere in between this right. quote unquote spectrum. But for me, <laughs> I I identify as an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was much younger, I would take the test 
And I actually came out as extroverted. And then like when I got older, I take the test now and I come off as introverted. And so Mm -hmm. for me, like I'm always just slightly introverted or like slightly extroverted, but I identify as introvert because I have found that that's where, that's how I recharge. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I actually have had people told me that, no, you're not an introvert. And I'm like, yeah, I am. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm like, I know myself, I am an introvert. Um, because I that's how I recharge so I definitely identify with being an introvert because I I love people I love meeting people but then at the end of the day I need to come home be by myself and just like yeah talk to anybody like check out for a bit put something on Netflix (laughs) I I feel that I feel that because when I think I told them like yeah I'm kind of introverted like no you're not I'm like hold up first off chill <laughs> like it's about recharging that's what it's for for me all right so then what has space formation been like for you as an introvert I think for me the biggest difference and I don't know if this will answer the question but I think for me as I've grown older and as I learn more about myself kind of the way that I'm just naturally am made through like different personality tests and talking to people and things like that I think the biggest thing for me is truly accepting and understanding that faith and action looks different from person to person. Mm-hmm. And that, like, just because I don't, I'm not that happy, chirpy person on Sunday morning doesn't mean that I'm somebody who has less faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I've been able to really reflect on that and understand that, no, it doesn't look a certain way and it doesn't have to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, and then by understanding that, how do I read scripture better, right? Like, how do I learn? How do I love other people? How, if that is my strength, how do I then in turn use that for the better, mm-hmm. you know? So that's really how it has shifted. And I think that's been the biggest shift in my faith, just understanding how God made me and how I can play a role within the church using mm-hmm. my gifts instead of like feeling bad that I'm not this person on Sunday morning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I respect that. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I agree and I and I echo and I'm and I vibe with that. <laughs> like I, I am with that 100%. And I think I just want to add that like there are certain pathways to faith that just sit easier with me. Right. Like, for example, like meditation sits easier with me. Yeah. Um, praying sits easier with yeah. me because those are things I can do like in the sol- in the solitude of, of myself and in a small room. The challenge is doing things in community, not because I don't think they're important, but because even though it's a very refreshing and very fulfilling thing to be around other people, sometimes I get so tired, you know? Yeah. And then like the flesh is like, you shouldn't do that because it makes you tired. But like, you're, it's like, no, I need to be with, I need to be with believers you know um so like sometimes like like for example my mom is an extrovert <laughs> and so she's always like on sunday mornings we go early so we can like socialize and i'm like what if i go at nine o'clock and i spend that time just reflecting you know? yeah, yeah. And i just spend that time in quiet and you know and that's a little hard for me but i know at the same time that it is helpful it is helpful to my spirit to participate in the more extroverted inclined practices in the same way that it's helpful for someone who's extroverted to do some of the more things that are more internally internal kinds of pathways to faith and and spiritual formation so like 
you kind of have you kind of have to have both and i think so the spirit calls us toward mm-hmm. right um because i can meditate and pray over myself all the time but i'm going to be really missing out on the for, on the formation that comes from other people and the yeah. healing and the sharpening that comes from other people yeah yeah i agree with that and i think that's where i'm like still learning how to i don't like the word balance but i guess like balance <laughs> um, because it's kind of like when is it good right or like when mm-hmm. do i play this role or when do i adopt these skills right mm-hmm. like small talk is a skill that i need to learn it's not something that comes naturally to me like, yeah yeah so like for me it's been like it's like a journey you know yeah um, and I think for me, I kind of come to accept that even though I'm not a small talk person on Sunday mornings, I will almost always be up for lunch, right? Like you, yes. I'm the person that you can meet up after a church or even on the weekday, grab dinner, whatever. I'm that person that will always be open to listen, to have conversation. And so that's what I'm really learning to be like, how do I still be in community Mm-hmm. yeah so it's always right. nice. but yeah and then like <laughs> learning to do that in the way that like god has wired you to do yeah. right because yeah. even for us like say even though i am slightly introverted the ways that we are going to encounter the faith community and the faith in general it's going to be there's there's going to have some crossovers like they're going to look some similarities because we are following like the same god but it's going to look different because god has intricately made you a certain way and me a certain way yeah. And that's like, okay. Yeah, completely, completely. <laughs> that's actually really good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Especially for the body, you know? Yes, yes. yes. We yeah, all play different parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so with that, uh, what practices are helpful for you in serving ministry as someone who is introverted, extroverted? Mm-hmm. So I always have to hype myself up. <laughs> like I'd be like, I can do it. <laughs> it's like yeah. you know how to like you know how to do it. Like you know how to stand in front of people and talk. I can do it. But it's also just like you like like you have to remember like this is the part that you have to be brave and 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 be courageous and step out of your your comfort zone because you're serving, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. serving the needs of this conglomerate rather than just yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot of it is trusting. It's a trusting in God aspect. It's the saying, God, I, I know that you're going to give me the words to speak. It's a prayerfulness and a listening prayer to be like, hey, God, for example, like I'm going to teach Sunday school today. And when you're teaching Sunday school to little kids, mm-hmm. it requires a lot more energy than if you're in a room full of adults who are really yeah. wanting to discuss a topic, right? Um, it's a different kind of thing. So practices for me looks like listening prayer. Just mm-hmm. say, hey, God, like, please give me the words to speak. Where are you moving today? Meditating on the word of God, uh, being with God, but also being with other people right as someone who like I could probably spend a whole weekend by myself and still yeah, me too. you know like I could just be by myself and be pretty good but I know that I need to go find somebody and hear what their thoughts are hear where their concerns are hear their praises and those things so that it, it keeps me moving toward the goal which is Christ's holiness mm-hmm. yeah so how about you um I think for me it's about the same thing mm-hmm. like the same thing for me it's always um meditative prayer Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't want to say serving ministry, but I mean, I guess I, mean, I yeah, am. Yeah, you do. You, you <laughs> That's exciting. Um, 
but like so for me it's always meditative prayer and I think like you said trust too because I'm kind of in like a place where I know that I don't know it all and I think recognizing that I don't have the pressure or the stress because for me I'm very transparent where I'm like I'm just somebody who loves Jesus and I'm here to have discussion I'm here to kind of dissect this and really talk about how like mm-hmm. the goodness of the gospel right yeah. Um, and so those two things, and then something that you said that resonated with me is also like being intentional about reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that I have found as an introvert, I have to intentionally do. Yeah. Um, I think in a way it's also good because I have had those extrovert friends who are like always doing things all the time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's, that's just like too much of my energy. I, I, I don't have <laughs> yeah. energy for that. Right. But now I'm like very intentional about like, oh, I do have more energy today. I can like go grab dinner with somebody or, oh, I can talk to somebody today, you know? And so being able to find those pockets of time and energy and really connect with people. So yeah, everything you said in that. I love that. So I know. So we talked about introverts and extroverts. We talked about a little bit our experiences mm-hmm. serving in ministry. And so I think we're pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious that we're not the only people serving ministry. Mm-hmm. So, which means we're not the only introverts and extroverts out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so let's ask this question before we dive in too far. What do you think ministry leaders need the most in this day and age? Or what's something they just need from their congregations? Yeah, um, I'm just going to say this. I can't really speak as a ministry leader per se, because I don't really consider myself one. But with that said, I think just based on the people that I've talked with, and even the people that I've worked alongside, I think something that ministry leaders need is something that all of us need, which is community. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that being a church leader sometimes it can get lonely like a ministry can get lonely um, which is kind of sad because we as a church we preach about community a lot I think a lot of ministry leaders need community or people that they can feel safe with that they can talk with that they can be transparent with um, and people that are not going to judge them right because at the end of the day they are still humans they fail and they fall short and I think Um, it almost seems as if like everybody's looking at them and they're like on a pedestal. But I think at the end of the day, they need a safe place to just be able to share their heart. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would say. I agree. I think that they need connection, right? I mean, I think about like in the past, just several years where we had so many like on the news, like all those Christian leaders who have fallen, they've committed heinous sins and crimes against congregation members or other people in the community and I just think like man like what if they had people who were in their lives to speak into their lives Mm -hmm. the way they spoke into other people's yeah you know people to really connect with like soul to soul person to person that they could just be a full person who is like super broken yes and completely in need of grace Yes. Right. Like everyone else, yes. you know, and to just be able to be that yes. without feeling the pressure that, oh, I must present something or else some, you know, hyperbolic, terrible thing would happen, you know? Yes. And I'm just like, what if we had that for, for Christian mm-hmm. leaders, for people to just have those connections mm-hmm. um, to say, hey, I'm really struggling in this right now, or I don't know what to do, or someone to say, hey, want to have dinner with me? And we can talk about things that are not related to church. you know we can talk about our favorite movies you know like whatever it is I think that's what a lot of Christian leaders need right now like the ability to just have that communal support that connection Mm -hmm. the ability to be wrong yes and not be destroyed for it yes right it's like like people can just be wrong and not be a heretic you know 
um, <laughs> or like a false teacher. Like people can just say the wrong thing because that's what happens. You know, we say the wrong thing sometimes and then have the opportunity to say, hey, I was wrong. Um, this is the truth now. This is this is what's actually correct. And I had to own up to it. And they had the ability to be accountable for that, which is, I think would be really cool to have yeah. for people because yeah. it's important for yeah. everyone. It's amazing how people will expect these people to grow and to be these wonderful pillars of a community. And, and essentially that's kind of what they are, um, but never allow them to have the space mm-hmm. to be fully human. Yes. It's a completely disappointing thing, right? Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's not to say that there are not people who are doing egregious things. Right, right. It's the accountability part. Mm-hmm. But it's to say like, there's also a lot of people who are really bought into the gospel, who are really buying into this following Jesus thing that we're here for, right? And they need connection. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with everything that you just said. And so that kind of goes into our next question, which is, do you think people hesitate to walk alongside ministry leaders and why? I think they do. I really yeah. think that they do um, for a plethora of reasons. I think just like a couple that come to my, my mind is that, you know, there's like, I think specifically like in our home churches, right? There's this idea that the pastor, for example, already has everything, right? They have this perfect life. I think that's the thing too. Like a lot of times our pastors have this, this feeling that they need to project a perfect life. Mm-hmm. And so as such, it's like a weird cycle, right? Our people mm-hmm. are expecting a perfect pastor. They can't be, they can't be flawed. And then the pastor feels that they have to be perfect so they can have a perfect congregation. And so they put on this false image. And it's just a cycle of weird expectations fulfilled terribly. And then, mm-hmm. you know, this this vicious cycle. And that now it's like, well, they don't really need us because they have all this, right? There's nothing wrong with their family and stuff like that. So I think that's one thing is specifically from home people. Mm-hmm. Um I think sometimes people are afraid, mm-hmm. you know, to see how human a pastor can be. Like for me, like sometimes I have a hard time listening to my dad's sermons because I'm like, I know how human you are, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it's just like, well, that's the whole point, you know, like that's, that's the whole point. That's the whole point being like, this is a human, mm-hmm. you know, sharing the word of a holy and divine God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where it is. And I also think that some people just don't know where to start yeah. with supporting their their ministry leaders. You know, it's like, I think it's kind of afraid. Like for me, it's like, if I know that somebody, so for example, let's say that's like, if my pastor had like a PhD in theology mm-hmm. and pastoral ministry and stuff, for me, I'm going to be like, what do I have to offer them? Yeah. I know better. But it's like, mm-hmm. well, how can I counsel them in, in their faith? We equate their academic standing with how great their faith is, right? It's like, what can I have to offer? And the answer is like everything, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think. You? Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, and I agree that's definitely kind of a cycle. I think a lot of times people are hesitate to walk alongside ministry leaders because A, like you said, they don't have anything to offer, mm-hmm. or at least they don't they think they don't have anything to offer. Right. Or, and B, like they feel like they're gonna be judged by mm-hmm. the leader, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one side of the coin. And the other side is like the leaders, what if the other person thinks something about them? Right. And mm-hmm. they have to like, portray this image. Yeah. So I think it's really just this cycle that is like not healthy. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, like you said, people also don't know where to start. And I think it's important to just kind of start small, you know? Right. I agree. And I think something our current context is, has been really bad at is allowing people to be like imperfect. I know that sounds really weird to say, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like, for example, like you and I, we're okay with letting each other be imperfect. Yeah, But that's because we're peers and we're friends. But it's different when someone is in a position of, like in, like the Bible says, that in a place of high authority, right? Mm-hmm. 
much has been called from these people. And even though we understand other people, some part of us is like, but we want them to be more, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. That's not loving. And I think we have to allow people to, to be fully human. Yeah. Um, and then we can make that connection too. Um, so then what challenges do you think ministry leaders are facing today? Oh, I think they face a lot. <laughs> all of them, actually. Yeah, uh, all of the above. Everything we just talked about, right? right. Uh, so just to kind of reiterate, a, a challenge would be just loneliness, you know? Mm-hmm. The no real safe space or connection that they can have. Um, mm-hmm. In a way, kind of like just walking on eggshells, which mm-hmm. is really sad. And then also just like being discouraged, you know? I agree. I think with those, there's also just such an impending need to always just be in the know. Mm-hmm. You know, like we live in an information saturated world. And so it's like, for example, if something bad happened and it happens on Saturday, let's say I'm a pastor, like something happened on Saturday and maybe Saturday is the day I step away from electronics. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like if I, if I miss it and I don't address it, well, is it because people might be like, well, is he not compassionate does he not care like well he might just not know you know Eli just might not know because Eli took yesterday off to be with his family and his friends or like there's just so many pressing concerns in the world that needs to be addressed and you don't want to just haphazardly stumble along you want to be well informed right like we can have a conversation about race and justice and anyone could probably just be like well it's this and this and like well or it's that and that but either way you want to step in with a uh, intellectually virtuous and a compassionate and empathetic stance to say well this is what's going on and how does this affect the body how does it affect the world? How do we shine a light into this place? Even though it might cost us a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, for example, when talk about like LGBTQI people, right? Is to say, well, sometimes if you, if a church speaks about it, they could lose a lot of things, right? You have to consider the trade-offs. You know, you might lose your funding, you might lose connections. But on the other side, it's like, well, if you ignore these concerns, queer people die, you know? <laughs> so it's like, ah, oh, what's the trade-off? Your connections or people's lives. And it's a very difficult place for people to be in, especially because there's so much mixture of opinion for some things we're just like there shouldn't be but the reality is that it sadly is so i think we have such a, a such an information saturated world and these ministers essentially have to be ready and prepared to take it on and sometimes i feel like they have to do it by themselves um, instead of having a congregation of people who are equipped and equipping to assist and doing all of this together yeah really well said eli thank you thank you yeah. Yeah, I think the equipping and being equipped is a challenge in a lot of churches. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, another challenge, right? Right. So with that said, what are some tangible ways for lay people to care for the ministry leaders? I think first, it's like definitely building connection, inviting them over to your house Mm -hmm. for a meal, Mm -hmm. or you want even more casual, go out to McDonald's. (laughs) you know like just making that connection a friendship being like hey we're also here for you and then actually being there for them incorporating them into your patterns of life the way you incorporate your friends because the thing is a lot of us are going to expect that our ministry is going to be there for us when the time comes right but we also have to be be there for them 
and all those good moments and all those really hard moments and the weird awkward in between too so I think that's like definitely like making that connection building friendships being like hey you're a person be real with me and allowing them to have faults and then not hating them for it right and I think that includes killing the perceptions that we have made of them for ourselves, the things we projected upon them to kill those things, right? Not just let them die, but to like actively like destroy those projections because as long as they are still there and they're not fully destroyed, it's going to creep back in. That's what I think. So connection, letting them be real, destroying the perceptions and projections that we've created out of bad expectations, unrealistic, unloving, even inhumane expectations. Mm -hmm. What would you think? Yeah, I echo everything you said. Um, and then I would just add prayer. Yeah. Pray for them. Pray with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also really important. Um, yeah. Do something casual, like grab lunch or dinner, you know, and talk to them about normal things you would talk to with a friend. Because at the end of the day, ministry leaders are humans. Yeah. They have hobbies, you know. Right. And it might be super awkward for a long time. Very long time. But like, that's normal. You know, yes. we're trying to create a friendship and a connection. Yes. Um, and then I also just said, like, give them gifts. If you're a gift person, like, yeah. So I think those are some tangible ways um, mm-hmm. that people can right. share for the ministry leaders. Yeah. So then um, I know, let's talk back about where we're at, you and I. So what are some joys you've experienced in serving in ministry thus far in your whole life? Because I know you've done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, I think for me, a joy is really when I just see people come to understand the gospel. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I think just like with the pockets of experiences that I had, I think it's so special when people like when it clicks, you know, and you're like, yes, yes. So I would say that is like the greatest joy. Another joy would just be to like form relationships with people or connection with people, even if it's just at like an acquaintance level. Yeah. Being able to just hear what they think, hear what their thoughts are. Um, And like for kids, just being able to see the way they understand faith and they they understand God. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like kind of really amazing the way that God works in such young people too. So those are like where I have found a lot of joy. What about you? You know, I agree with everything you said. And I think one thing I have to add for like the little kids portion um, or just adolescence, it's being encouraged by the way they understand faith. You know, as adults, we think we experience faith in such a different way, right? And we're almost skeptical sometimes and analytical and there is a place for that but there's something profound about a childlike faith you know not childish but childlike that is full of awe and wonder Mm -hmm. right the kind of thing that you look at a sunset and you're like wow you know and I think every time I see childlike faith amongst children and adults too but mostly just for children for right now it's it's refreshing to my soul and my faith and like oh yeah god does work god is not just the god of like the adult person god is the god of the children too and even the people who are neurodivergent people who who might have mental disabilities yeah and just see how god inspires faith in them too um because God is not just the God of cognition, but he's the God of our hearts, right? And, and faith is first encountered before it is in, entirely understood. That's why I love about serving ministry, to be able to be encouraged myself. 
yeah as much as there is discouragement sometimes I think there are so many moments where it is encouraging you know and I think when we're reminded of the gospel then it's like that's why it's all worth it you know yes it's true and I feel like we take it for granted sometimes. We just like, oh, it's the gospel. It's the gospel. Like, uh, no, it's it's the gospel. Like the gospel. Like <laughs> good, good the news. Like thing. the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's the big thing, guys. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. So with that, Eli, any words of encouragement for uh, ministry leaders or anybody who wants to walk alongside ministry leaders or who are all of the above? Um, I think for, first off for like ministry leaders, right? Like I think for us is to remind, to remember that we have been called, we've been called by God and we've been sent and we will be prepared and sustained and preserved by the Holy Spirit. We'll be empowered by him, right? And so when times get really hard and really discouraging and very scary, and when we feel super duper alone, um, remember that the Holy Spirit goes before us and he's beside us and he's within us and he's behind us and below us and above us, right? In every single place the Holy Spirit has gone and in every place God will ever call us, he will be, he has already gone before and he will come with us too. And then with that, don't be afraid to bear your full human self like you don't need to pretend that you're better because the gospel is not for perfect people it's for people who are broken and in need of grace right it's for all the sinners not just the kind that make us who are who are we more more comfortable with the gospel is for all kinds of sinners Uh, for lay people i think i definitely say i would say an encouragement is to reach out Reach out to uh, your fellow humans who are your ministry leaders. Let them be people as real and as human as you are too. Um, and to walk alongside them. Be brave, be courageous, because that can be a very scary thing. A lot of idols have to die in doing that, right? A lot of projections and presuppositions will be destroyed and will be, it'll be super uncomfortable, but that'll be okay. And that's what I've got. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's really encouraging. So I, I echo everything you said. I love what you said. Um, and I'll just add one thing. I think is that as ministry leaders or even lay people in the church, you don't need to fit into a pocket of what faith is supposed to look like. I think that like we were talking about today, introverted and extroverted, and that's just an element of what it means to be human. And I think it's okay to be able to understand your strengths and use that in such a way to love God and serve people and it's okay if you're an introverted ministry leader, you can adopt certain skills, but then it's okay that your ministry or the way you lead is different than somebody else's. And I think it's okay to accept that and it's okay to embrace that. And that's just ministry leaders too, but also like anybody who is walking alongside anybody else. So that's what I would say. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Let's Break Bread podcast. We hope that you've been inspired to walk alongside your ministry leaders and provide for them the care that they need. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. You can screenshot this episode and share with us on Instagram what your takeaways are. Make sure to tag us at Let's Break Bread Podcast. Mm-hmm.